worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. The Audio Vault on 94.1 San Antonio Sports Star is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at MyBestBailBonds.com. It is the Blitz here on 94.1 at San Antonio Sports Star. He is Joe Ryan Eagle. I'm Jay Semenix. What a day. Oh, man. Nick Saban retiring. Pete Carroll out in Seattle. Just waiting on New England to make their move. But that Seattle move could have effects on the Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about it here on the Blitz. The great Jane Slater from the NFL Network joining us now in the Buyers Barricades guest line. And before we get to Cowboys Packers, Jane, obviously Dan Quinn's name has been talked about for a lot of these openings, uh, four of them. With Pete Carroll out in Seattle, he immediately becomes a leading candidate there. Will that be a distraction leading into this weekend's game? I don't think so. I mean, obviously Dan Quinn has been asked about this before. Last year he was really pro prevalent in some of the coaching cycles and the coaching carousel discussions. But he said that he does a lot of his prep work. You know, they have to sort of present themselves as all of us do on job interviews. And he says he does a lot of that in the off season. So basically he just pulls the book out and he's ready to rock. Uh, but I think if it was Seattle, they're clearly familiar with his work. Uh, he's got deep roots there. I think that, you know, we were all at the star today when that news came out. And of course, the natural inclination is to think that's where he's got to go. I mean, there couldn't be a more perfect job for Dan Quinn. You know, it's interesting, though, I, I was talking to J. Ron Kirst, who has quietly become one of my favorites to talk to in the locker room. And, you know, I said to him, I said, what is it about Dan Quinn that makes him so special? And you just assume that most people that you work for or uh, work alongside care about you. But he says you know, Dan, if he knows this is the vibe is off with you, he wants to know what's going on between the ears and above the shoulders. He genuinely cares about his players. I mean, Jordan Lewis talked about the depression that he sort of slipped into last year when he wasn't part of the team, he wasn't responding to texts, and Dan Quinn went over to his house. He wanted to check on him. And so it's that sort of thing that makes those guys want to play for him. And more importantly, they all recognize that he's had opportunities to leave, and he has said each time he's come back because he feels like his players – needed him and they had unresolved business. In other words, they could have gone deeper and they didn't. And I thought it was interesting that, that J Ron spoke to wanting to get one done for Dan because of that. You know, the fact that he sacrificed those head coaching jobs to come back and believe in those guys and also fully knowing because he wasn't here when Mike Nolan was in Dallas, how bad it was when Nolan was here. Uh, Dak Prescott has spoken to us, you know, this was last year when I was talking to him I'd never heard Dak talk about his communication with the defensive side of the ball, how much Dan Quinn means to those guys and Aiden Dirty, the defensive line coach. And so I think it's something very, very interesting to watch. I think for a little bit there, you know, there's a lot that comes with being a head coach, a lot of scrutiny, a lot of time management. So much goes into, you know, planning and preparation that I don't think most people realize these days it's, you know, 
we've compared the Dallas job sometimes to the Texas job. You know, you've also got to be a little bit of a politician when you go to some of these bigger markets. Uh, so I question whether Dan Quinn really wanted that. But I just don't think there was a perfect job open. And even with, you know, I think the commanders is really appealing, given that I think they have, what, the number two pick this year. And mm-hmm. um, they have some interesting pieces in their NFC in the East. The Panthers doesn't seem that interesting to me. Um, but Seattle, I-, I think he'd be remiss not to take a hard, hard look at that one. So it's going to be really intriguing how this whole thing plays out. But I don't anticipate that Dan will really speak or elaborate on this too much because he is the type of guy that wants to be locked in and do right by his guys in this team. You know, Jane, I find that interesting. And, and, and we've been around at training camp, and we know the love that the players have for Dan Quinn. And I wonder if it could have the opposite effect because, look, the players know the business. They know that uh, most likely if, if Quinn gets a, an offer that he likes, he's going to be gone do you think maybe, and you kind of touched on it a little bit um, just a minute ago, but that they might play harder to send him out with a Super Bowl trophy with some success? I think possibly, right? Um, and then I think it's going to be really interesting to see if who the who the people are that follow him. I also think the really intriguing job is the Chargers. You know, reuniting him with Kellen Moore and Doug Nussmeyer and, you know, a young quarterback uh, and Herbert and the defensive players they've got. So I think that there, there's a lot of really interesting head coaching jobs that I think, you know, a lot of these, these coaches, you, you, you have to go. Uh, I mean, I think all of us, for me, and I'm sure for you, Jason, you know, we're, we're pretty happy with where, where we're at, but I think all of us have certain jobs that you would be, you'd probably be kicking yourself down the road if you didn't throw your name out there for it. I think Seattle and, and even the Chargers, as, as maybe frustrating it is to, to grow that fan base and, you know, compete in that market with the Rams, I, I think you'd have to take hard looks there. And then, of course, you got the Falcons, too, um, that's open. I don't, obviously, they wouldn't revisit him, I don't think. But, uh, you know, man, they've done worse in his absence, haven't they? Yeah. Well, then that's it. I mean, when you're hiring a coach uh, or when you fire a coach, you think you're going to get one that's better. And, you know, that's not always the case, which is why I'm still not sure why Tennessee parted ways with with Mike Vrabel. You want to replace with somebody that could be better, and we'll see. And, you know, staying with Dan Quinn in Dallas, you know, the news and Jerry Jones hasn't really done anything to squash it. In fact, he's kind of stirred the pot a little bit uh, to keep this story going. If the Cowboys lay an egg on Sunday, even after a third straight 12-win regular season but no playoff success, could Jerry Jones make a change? And would that be, well, to keep Dan Quinn, we've got to part ways with Mike McCarthy. You know, it's so fascinating because I see these reports from Schefter and my good friend Diana Rossini and I think Jordan Schultz has put some stuff out there and and I appreciate their hard work and I assume they talk to very similar people that I do, but it's not really the messaging that I've gotten. You know, in years past, I was really, really hard on Mike McCarthy, famously his first season and, you know, Mike Nolan uh, was really the reason for that. He was just, he was such a failure at that job and you could talked to a number of players who said as much. Um, But when I was talking to J-Rod about Mike today, I said, you know, what is it about Mike that you like? And, you know, a lot of players don't speak about Mike as effusely or unprompted as they do Dan, but it wasn't far off. He said, you know, J-Rod said there was a really bad hurricane from where he was from. I think it was like last year. And he said, Mike walked up to him and said, you know, hey, where can I donate? How can I help? And he was like, and I go, is that not normal? Like, I mean, I feel like most people would, 
And he goes, no. And he goes, you know, I played for the Vikings. I, I forgot who else he said that he was uh, playing for before that. But he said, no. And so, I, you know, even Dak today, I was talking about this offense, and we were kind of getting into some really statty, statty stuff and talking about some of the middle of the field play and some of this cover two stuff that, that he struggled with at times. And he made a point of, once again, referencing Mike unprompted. And so as much as people thought that Dak was frustrated with Mike, and trust me, I believe after the bye week, Dak went to him and said, hey, take, take some of the handcuffs off. Let me play my brand of football. But I think the most important thing I heard from J. Ron Curse and a couple of these guys lately is it's, he said this today. He goes, it's not a dictatorship. Mike actually invites feedback. He wants to hear from you. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I think it is too. And, 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 you know, I think Mike McCarthy unjustly gets criticized a lot. And, you know, going into the playoffs, the lack of playoff success for this football team under Mike McCarthy, I think is going to be scrutinized. And, and if something happens against Green Bay, you know, who knows what's going to happen? So speaking of Green Bay, Jane, how are the players feeling about this? Obviously, it's a Packers team that, some people are not taking seriously, but they are playing some pretty good football. Yeah, I mean, here's what I would say about them. Uh, Jordan Love has been playing at an exceptionally high level. He has the second most passing touchdowns in the league behind only uh, Dak Prescott. And talking to a lot of players today, they said what's really stood out for to them, and I thought this was incredibly high praise, was how much they can tell that he soaked up and absorbed the play of Aaron Rodgers, that he's making a lot of plays like Aaron I think the problem that's hurting him right now is the availability of some of his receivers. I mean, Christian Watson has been out eight games this season, five straight with a hamstring injury. I just saw the injury report. He was limited today, so he's still real iffy. Uh, He was tricky with them last year. I think uh, I put in my notes, he had two big bombs last year against the Cowboys. Uh, So definitely see if I can find my notes. Uh, So he's definitely one you want to keep an eye on. I'll find it here in a little bit. Uh, But they would key in on him if he was on the field. But I think the bigger one is going to be Aaron Jones. I mean, he had 358 yards in the last three weeks. Um, You know, he's averaging over 100 yards the last couple of weeks. In contrast, you know, the Cowboys, they sort of struggled with the run at times. And I was actually going on total access here in a little bit. Uh, So I was working up something there. You know, last season he rushed 24 times against them. But with Hake, the Cowboys are 11-3 and when he's on the field. The problem was, Hurst said last year, that – Hank wasn't allowed to be effective, and that's because, and we've talked about this, remember Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery were in their town, when you exploit the edges for the Cowboys, that's where they get in trouble. And so they've really been focusing on this this week, particularly with Aaron Jones coming to town. So I think offensively, if you allow them to sort of score on you the way that back in 2019 old Showtime had four rushing touchdowns against Dallas, then you could find yourself in a bad situation. But when I'm looking at them defensively, uh, you know, Joe Barry, who I love, uh, I've made no secret, Rod Marinelli's my guy. Um, that is actually his son-in-law. <laughs> so he knows cover too well, thanks to Rod Marinelli. And the Cowboys have struggled at time when they are in cover too. In fact, when I was looking at the numbers today to find just sort of an area that they could exploit, I think it was, let me see here. I think they ha- he's given up two touchdowns and seven interceptions when they're in cover too. So it's an area that they've kind of struggled with, but I think they've sort of readjusted there. They've gotten really good at the seam route with Jake Ferguson. Brandon Cooks has been so dynamic, that corner of the end zone. And they're exceptional in man coverage. 
So, you know, if you want to play man, that's going to be a problem for you. But I think with zone, I think they're going to have their hands full. Um, and so I, I, when I start looking at the numbers and I've looked at the tape, guys, I just I want to give Packer fans something to be excited about. And I've seen some of the national guys uh, sort of praising the Packers. I think it's because Matt LaFleur talks to a lot of people, folks. Um, I, I just I, – I don't see a defense that can really have a lot of answers for this Cowboys offense. Now, don't ask me these same questions when they play the 49ers because <laughs> where they really get in trouble is with – when they have really good linebacker play, and you guys know that, I mean, but I, they don't have a Fred Warner and they don't have a Greenwall on this team. Yeah, they don't. Jane Slater from the NFL Network joining us here on uh, the Blitz. Health-wise, uh, uh, interesting, the Cowboys sent out an injury report that had Hankins' as DNP, and then they sent a new one said, oops, sorry, uh, he was limited today in practice, which is good. Tyron Smith also limited uh, uh, today in uh, practice. Health-wise, and adding Gilmore as is, is well, do you see any of those guys missing Sunday's game? I don't. Uh, you know, I, I did reach out and I asked because, I, you know, I think it came out this week that uh, Gilmore was going to be wearing a harness. And I said, is he going to anticipate wearing something like that during the game? And I was told, I don't know. But Mike talked about today that he likely wouldn't be practicing until Saturday, which, I mean, this is a guy that's played, I think, 925 defensive snaps more than any uh, player on that side of the ball, and obviously he's a seasoned vet, so I don't think much like Tyron Smith, some of these guys just don't need a lot of practice. Um, Tyler Smith is the one I'm still keeping an eye on. Uh, he was sort of worked into practice today. You know, I just I would be interested to see how I don't know if they would start him or maybe they would rotate him now that they've got some options. You know, you got T.J. Bass and Brockman some playing time. Obviously, you have Lyle Collins on the roster. That can give you a little position flex, but do they push Tyler Smith or uh, just straight up start him? I just I find it crazy that again I'm no doctor that you uh, you completely tear that foot and it's supposed to be better for you and you know they feel <laughs> confident uh, that he's ready to go. But I, I it's you know we've talked about this offensive line sort of being their Achilles heel uh, this season, but now you know giving you know. Hoffman, Bass, getting Lyle Collins back, Zach obviously back from injury, uh, Tyron Smith. Now it sort of looks like they've got some depth in playing time that could be critical for them in the postseason. Yeah, no doubt. That's going to be important. Jane, I've got to ask you this because I know you're a sports fan of all sports. Were you shocked by the Pete Carroll and Nick Saban announcements today? Uh, yeah, I mean, especially considering what he was able to do with that team last year with Geno Smith. Uh, you know, sometimes... I feel like these coaches are unnecessarily the target of really poor front office management of their roster. You know, a, a coach is only as good as what you give them. And I realize that you're, as a coach, you're supposed to put your players in the best position to succeed. But, I mean, he's sort of done more with less in recent years. Uh, and it's a really tough division. So, and not only that, even though he's the oldest coach in the league at 72, I, I want to know, I joked, I literally want to know what he drinks every single morning because he drinks from the fountain of youth. I mean, this guy is Jerry's like 81 and I swear Jerry feels like he's 40 years older than him. Um, my dad is 72 and while my dad is very, uh, youthful and energetic, I mean, just Pete to me is, you know, he's a vampire. And so I thought he handled it incredibly gracefully, but yeah, that one was absolutely a shock, which makes me feel like maybe they've got somebody in mind. 
And I just hope that somebody is preparing yeah. to play Green Bay on <laughs> yeah. a Sunday. Uh, but we'll see. You know, so, I mean, it, it's so interesting in the coaching circles. And, you know, while you cover the Cowboys, uh, Jane, for the NFL Network, we all talk to different people and, and all that. So Saban's out today. Carroll's out today. We're still waiting on New England to make a decision and some sort of announcement on Belichick. And then you got to throw in Michigan there as well uh, with what's going to happen with Harbaugh. Is he going to jump to the NFL? You think about those four um, teams are now available, which is kind of surprising. I'm not sure which is the better job. Yeah, I mean, there's like I said, there's a lot of really, really good jobs right now, um, a lot of moving pieces. Um so I think we'll, you know, we'll obviously see how this all shakes out, but I find it hard to believe that the Cowboys don't find themselves poached as a result of some of the success they've had uh, here in recent years. They've just, they've got such a, they've got such a quality staff. I mean, if Jerry's smart, he finds a way to throw all the money and back up the Brinks truck and try and keep the band back together. And this is probably about as, uh, you know, at times the Cowboys have been dysfunctional. It feels like this is the most functional this family has been in a while. So. You know, we'll see. But as J. Ron Kurtz put it, you know, when you're successful, people want a piece of it. And so uh, Dan has certainly earned that. And so has John Harbaugh and all of these, and Mike Vrabel for that matter. Jane, I know you got to jump on TV here at the NFL Network in, in just a couple of seconds. I don't want this to be a long answer because I know you got to run. But if Dan Quinn were to leave, do you think they would try to promote like Al Harris or somebody like that in-house or go out to find a replacement if Dan Quinn were to leave? I mean, I definitely think uh, Al Harris, you know, you can kind of read between the lines when you see, a, 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 you know, a person like Al who's constantly getting some love in the media. Clearly some people are talking. <laughs> so he's clearly done some silent campaigning for it, but I do think that he would be great. I mean, just talking to some of the guys, the way that he'll go to guys like J. Ron Curse and, you know, Donovan Wilson and work on the way that they're setting themselves and, you know, obviously he's got experience in the league and he's really well-respected. I think in order to have some continuity, it would be better for them to promote in-house versus what they did uh, during that Mike Nolan experiment because when you bring an outsider in, it does not always work. It doesn't. Jane Slater from the NFL Network. Follow her on Twitter, at SlaterNFL. And you can see her on the TV on the NFL Network in, what, about 10 minutes? <laughs> 512. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, at 512. Uh, we'll all tune in. Uh, Jane, always appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. Jane Slater on the Buyer's Barricades guest line, where they provide traffic control, rental, and sales for San Antonio and beyond online at buyersbarricades.com.